Welcome to Old Man Blurred. Hi, I'm John, and along with my friend Terrence, we make up a pair of lifelong geeks who happen to be black, over 50, but are certainly nerds first and foremost. The Alpha Geek and the Omega Freak. And we welcome everyone. And by everyone, we mean nerds, blurds, and bleaks, cosplayers and role players, geeks and freaks, Marvel zombies and distinguished competitors, Trekkies, Star Warriors, Bat Maniacs, and Spider fans, Warhams, Whovians, AFALs, adult fans of Legos, Tolkienites, Weeaboos, Supernatural Hunters, and Otakus, Ava Geeks, Bro Stars, and Sis Stars, Pokemon Trainers, Potterheads, Bronies, Whovians, Browncoats, and Scoobies, and all nerd properties in between. Because we are over 50, we've seen a thing or two and have experience, long experience, with a lot of these properties. So thank you for listening to Old Man Blurred. Ah, you're connected. Oh, and now you're unmuted. Hello. Yes. How are you, sir? Fine, how are you? Good, good. Long time no talk to you, like <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> so yes uh so the the rant topic for today will be on reboots or variants but uh what before we get to that what kind of cool nerdy geeky thing are you up to this week or have been up to for the last seven days still working on my project as the saying goes oh, okay for the first time in months Really? Uh, so you, the the video game conference, the video game con. Yes. Yes. Conference convention. Yes. Nice. Have you gotten some voices locked down? Not you... yet. So it's I still got approaching. Oh, okay. Well, approaching's better than not approaching. <laughs> exactly. All right. What is your tentative date for the video game voice actor con? October 24th next year of next year. All right. So we'll be keeping up with that. I think uh, geeky stuff that I'm up to. I just got, I've been getting into, well, I've been watching one piece for a while. I'm going to hopefully get caught up this month. Cause I've got probably about a hundred episodes, maybe hundred to 200 episodes to catch up, which sounds like a lot, but isn't when <laughs> you just kind of skip intros and you know, rehash or summary episodes. So it shouldn't be too bad. But I have been getting into the One Piece card game, which a friend of mine who plays Magic religiously, uh, who goes to Game Heroes to get cards, and uh, I forgot what the other card place is in town. Seven... uh, Oh gosh, level seven, level seven games, I think is the other place that he goes in Colorado to get his cards. And he said that the One Piece game is really, really fun. So I had been picking them up just to collect the cards, but mm-hmm. getting the rules, it looks like it's going to be pretty neat. So I would strongly recommend getting a couple of decks because it's going to be huge, I think. It's starting to get popular. And so it's kind of like entering Pokemon and if you were entering Pokemon years ago at the very beginning. And so cards are starting to go up in price. 
I've been collecting them, like I say, just to because of the artwork. It's very reminiscent of Oda's uh, artwork in the manga. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I think some of them might be actually cut from the manga, but um, and so yeah, but they're starting to kind of sell. I I saw a whole bunch of packs at Walmart, and I was like. I was like, oh, neat. It looks like no one's really uh, discovered it. Went back the next day, gone. <laughs> all of them were all of them were gone. And it used to be, I guess, even just two, three months ago, you could go in and you could get as many as you want and they'd still be there. Um, but so I, th- I think they're on their fifth run of packs. Mm. Their fifth set of boosters, I think. Well, so cool. Yeah, so check it out. Uh, I definitely think that it's gonna it's gonna be the new hotness in a year or two, and people will be like, "Oh my gosh, remember when those were everywhere?" And now they're like nowhere. But that is yes, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how it happens. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, next week, this later on this week, they're gonna have the Pokemon DLC, where they're gonna bring in all the old starters to the Scarlet and Violet game, as well as all the legendaries. Oh, that's so, cool. yeah, so you get to bring in uh, all of the fun little starters you had from way back when into the new game, which is always fun. Bring, I'll bring my man Incineroar back all the way through uh, to the new game. And then it makes competitive Pokemon a whole crazy thing. Right, but, because you have the one that you're very familiar with, like your right hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know exactly what moves they have. And, you know sometimes the meta changes and it's like, Oh, my poor little Pokemon isn't viable and competitive, but a lot of times it stays about the same, but there's some new mons that are in Pokemon that are pretty interesting. And I'd like to see what they do with the old mons, which they will be doing. I believe, I guess it's Wednesday of this week, Mm -hmm. maybe Thursday is when that DLC drops. But and that's it for me and in, in the world of geekdom, I guess. Oh, I've got one more thing. I went and saw Godzilla minus one. Oh, and how is that? Excellent. Ah, that mm-hmm. will actually lead us into our topic. So you thought it was it better than the last few or just as good? I think it was good as the first one, the first one from 1954. Oh, Gojira. So you think it's as good as Gojira, the 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 original? Mm-hmm. Is it so? And when? What years does it take place? Right after, towards the end of World War II, nineteen forty-five until nineteen fifty-four, just before Godzilla came out. Oh, so it actually is literally uh, as close to a reboot as you could possibly get. Right. Huh. Well, let's jump into the topic then. You know, we're or the, you know, we'll shake your reboots, your rebooties. <laughs> quaking in our reboots um so that brings us to the subject of reboots and this godzilla minus one why is it minus one by the way uh because it takes place right after world war ii so japan can't get no lower here comes godzilla to take it to the next level down oh okay so it's like gods we've lost world war ii and now there's this this kaiju <laughs> running yeah. around. Oh exactly. man! Um, I mean, just imagine having a super bad day. 
Yes, a very super, super bad day. Um, and it's in color, I'm assuming, although they could make their artistic choice to make it in black and white, but it's in color, right? It's in color, but it has just enough gray that it looks like the Technicolor from the 50s. Oh, okay. So they actually, huh, that's interesting. That's an interesting choice. Um, is it CGI or is it uh, a man in a Both. suit? Both. So it's a man in a suit and CGI. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. Is this by Toho or is there even such a thing as Toho at this point? It is by Toho. It is by Toho. Oh, okay. And what was interesting is the guy who, who wrote it, also directed, also uh, was in charge of visual effects. So this was his passion. This was his child. Okay, so because there was Shin Godzilla. Right. Then there was Godzilla, which would made the trilogy of Godzilla, Godzilla King of Monsters, Godzilla versus King Kong. Right. Um, and then the upcoming, soon to be uh, upcoming, the Godzilla Kong, the New Empire. Right. Did that, uh, or did that already come out? No, that comes out March 15th next year. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Your kaiju, your kaiju knowledge is strong, my my brother. I have, uh, <laughs> I have to admit, I have, I mean, I, I have, ca- I mean, the 1998 Godzilla, not, not having it, but like Shin Godzilla and Godzilla King of Monsters and Godzilla and Kong, I loved those. I just thought those were great. Um, and then, of course, I have a soft spot for the old Godzilla in the rubber suit. Um, but so you feel like... The direction. Go ahead. Going in the direction of 98, only reason I interjected because you said the 98. This is a good example of where they had a little friend mm-hmm. about the 80s or the 90s where basically the actors got older mm-hmm. so they couldn't do sequels in the true sense. So they were doing it with animation. And or they were too expensive as in the original actors. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. chose someone who sounded similar. Mm-hmm. And they did a Fox Godzilla cartoon that takes place literally at the end of 1998's Godzilla. And it got oh. many positive reviews from Kaiju fans. Because mm-hmm. it was basically done by people who actually cared about the product, if you will. Hmm. Well, and, I mean, and I think that the thing is, is that the Kaiju thing always cycles back around. Do you think it relates to sort of geopolitical sort of situations like if we're ever kind of close to war it seems like godzilla sort of raises his his spiked head <laughs> well that's um, one of the reasons the other reason kaiju around is because it is a form of respect for something bigger than you sure the whole notion of there's just this oversized like it's it's a little less street crime monster like the vampires and the werewolves it's just this huge thing that is just obliterating cities and i mean as a kid i just love those you know mm-hmm. it, so where do you place this godzilla because godzilla has had i guess ultimately multiple reboots or maybe as you like to maybe say variants i mean because not i mean many of them were toho so i guess you could con- kind of consider all the toho uh, godzillas as being not reboots they're just you know sequels and that kind of thing but or by the time movie. yeah but i think by 1998 when hollywood got to it that's a different godzilla altogether and that would be a reboot exactly. 
and then the Godzilla that then launched into Godzilla, Godzilla King of Monsters, Godzilla versus Kong. That's another reboot from the Godzilla of 1998. How do you, so, okay. So maybe let me back up. So what in the Godzilla world, what's your favorite one of these, of the reboots? I mean, because the original is the original and you can't touch that, but you know, well, I like the, the King of Monsters, you know, the Godzilla legendary. I like them because, as you said, I was there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And also, when you're a fan of any genre, it's appreciative when others embrace it, too. Like you feel about 98, I was just glad to see him on the screen. But there are many who picked and choose and, you know, had reasons that it wasn't as good. And they were right. I get all these other stuff they did, like the little Godzilla children's scene was basically Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have worked. Has Godzilla has Godzilla typically been male? I can't remember. I know in that 1998, wasn't Godzilla a female? Godzilla has basically mostly been male, but every now and then has been asexual, as in what is necessary to reproduce. Sure, and, and that's, that's that's the, the main that's what the Godzilla 1998 was, is that it was, exactly. reprodu- was reproducing. And, uh, you know, I don't think it was necessarily any kind of sexism, but it just was kind of like, ah, eh, maybe not handled that great. Um, now, in this Godzilla minus one, because this would kind of be a reboot, um, do they have the, the same sound effects in it? The- yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they have their own version of it. Yes, it does. The own version or the or the classic sound, but it I guess it's kind of like it the was, Doctor Who a variation, soundtrack. a variation of just like the Doctor Who soundtrack. The biggest <laughs> thing they did though is you know how in the legendary Godzilla has his tail slightly light up on the spikes mm-hmm. before he lets Lufus his breath. Mm-hmm. This one Godzilla actually is like cocking a gun. Each one is thin start getting in place. Huh. So they kind of sprout the, the they yeah, sort of yeah, sprout, sprout out of when he's back. getting ready to, when he's getting ready. I mean they're there already, but they become more predominant. He has a center one that raises up all the way straight through. That's gotta be one of the most iconic sort of <laughs> power-ups in all of media. <laughs> it's him oh, is yeah. him getting ready to do his breath uh his breath weapon. I mean, yeah, I think that's why they saved it pretty close to the end for that first Godzilla reboot. Oh yeah, we were all like, oh my. Right? It was just like, oh my goodness gracious, he's breathing. And, you know, they get the they got the color right of it uh, and everything. It was just like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Versus so. the 50s where it looked like you shot up a spray bottle, like aerosol spray out of, out of the toy's mouth. Yeah. No, I did that. <laughs> right. So now let's broaden it out a little bit. So, I mean, this reboot, pretty good. You feel like you feel like this was strong. You think this was as yeah. strong as the last batch of Godzilla movies and as strong as the first one? Yes. Oh, wow. That's a, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty uh, bold statement. Now, there are Godzilla is like a like a choosing a steak. You know, you want it medium, well done, or rare. Mm-hmm. You know, then it's the same thing. You have those who want it super realistic, and then those who want to be fantastic. 
and anyone those who want it just for the comedy or just you know just for the fun of it and there are those who are always going to uh try to dominate one way or the other and just going i just want to watch it that's me i'm just one of those i just i just enjoy it because when i was a kid that was my piece sure i i, I mean i think when in the in the world of Godzilla, King Kong, and other kaiju. Godzilla pretty much is the king of, of the monsters. I don't think it gets better than that. I mean, Kong is okay, and arguably Kong would have been considered the first kaiju because, you know, that first King Kong with Fei Ray was that 1939? Yes, or was it 33? One of them. It was in the 30s for sure. And, yes. and that's pretty powerful, so... Uh, so now broadening the conversation. Okay. So other reboots right now, uh, I think Marvel's getting ready to redo blade. They're getting ready to redo fantastic four. And there's a new Willy Wonka as well. And I guess it's, uh, Timothy Chalamet. I, I'm not sure if I pronounced his name yes. there. I think that's how it's, right. how it's pronounced. It's sort of a, uh, and he wasn't wanting to do it, but I guess the opening song sort of was one of the things that convinced him. And, you know, they'd done Willy Wonka before with Johnny Depp and, oh man, that was, that was not good in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were was... going more the dark, dark way in that one. Well, you know, and that's fine, but I think that Gene Wilder really n knocked that out of the ballpark as a role. Well, he set the standard. He set he, the standard. I mean, you, I, I really, I arguably just don't even need to see another, uh, another one. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, the story still holds up. Roll doll. I mean, it's still a good story. But I just don't know if uh, I don't know. I just I think he captured a certain level of the darkness, the certain mystery weirdness of being a child and having to interface with adults and, you know, all of that. And also, you know, maybe, you know, with a little bit of a moral lesson of don't be a brat. Um <laughs> But I feel like this one maybe is trying to say something against sort of corporations, which, you know, everything <laughs> in pop culture is kind of saying, ah, maybe corporations are bad. Not that it's moving the needle any. <laughs> well, especially since corporations are putting it up. Yeah, right. The corpor corporations are bad. Brought to you by Disney. <laughs> Brought to you by Amazon. It's like, well... Uh, you can't really bite too hard on the hand that feeds you. Um, but how do you feel about reboots in general? And, and you were kind of, you know, sort of proposing that maybe we should look at these in terms of variants. And for those of you that don't collect comic books, you know, every now and then there's a variant cover that typically is like, you know, they only make one out of every 25 copies or one out of every 50 or one out of every hundred copies. And they end up being rare and they end up going up in value. Um, so how do you think of these as what's your overall opinion of, of reboots? I think it truly depends. And what I mean by that is like, for instance, Lord of the Rings is a very good example. Uh -huh. Lord of the Rings is a cartoon when we were children, both of us in the seventies. By your friend who did Wizards. Mm -hmm. Oh, Ralph Bakshi. Mm -hmm. And they they did it, and it was very well done. 
but they didn't have the special effects to do up to par what Peter Jackson did. Mm-hmm. So we could say it was a reboot, or we could say it was a film of the times. I mean, it's the same as, as King Kong, as you mentioned, 1933 versus 1977. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that again, was it a reboot or was it a variation of the time versus Peter Jackson? It is in the Alphas 2000s. So, I mean, I think reboots sometimes have, have a couple of qualities. Sometimes they really are trying to just start all over. Sometimes the actors or time has changed, so they have to try to adjust. I mean, even if the actor has died or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, even if they won't come back, conflict of interest or whatever. And then sometimes is they're trying to do a story just in that universe. Sure. Just in that world. Like you were talking about the Wonka. Okay, we get the origin of how he got to it, even though they basically are just playing in Dolly's world. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, I'm... I'm sort of lukewarm on reboots. I mean, I've watched plenty of them, you know, I mean, I, and there have been plenty of them that I've enjoyed. Cause like I said, I enjoyed those last few Godzilla movies and they're absolutely reboots. Um, but there's a part of, and you know, I, I think that it's getting to this sort of notion of archetypes in a way where, uh, you know, these worlds or these characters we need to see them over and over again you know but at the same time i kind of also want to see new properties i want to see new creations i don't want to always have to go okay let's do this again but some of them are just too good i mean you can't it would be nice to see what the marvel cinematic universe does with blade because i tend to think that their writing, their filming, their budgets are just a bit bigger than the original Blade. So they probably will do a decent job of it. You know? But at the same time, it's like, well, why can't we just sort of make new properties? Why can't we just make new, you know, do new characters? Um Godzilla, I think, is probably in some ways the king of the reboots in a way, because I don't know of anything that's been remade by different studios as much as Godzilla. I mean, do you know of anything? Well, I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good example of what you're saying is is one of the times that is like I mentioned before in previous podcasts is that you can choose what one you want to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Example, because you were talking about don't need a new property well you know cybernotting exploring the cybernet internet mm-hmm. i came across a guy i don't know his first name offhand but his name is valentine and he has a thing for doing serious popeye hmm. as a he does popeye himself he's popeye oh wow he does it no comedy as a serious fan film so it could be argued that his variation is better than robin williams because he makes him a serious character Hmm. Well, and you know, Popeye, that's uh, speaking of reboots that <laughs> may have not gone over well, Popeye, that was really, uh, it did not do well, I think. I think it had a huge budget, um, but I thought it was perfectly cast and I enjoyed it as a kid. 
I even enjoyed it enough to be like, I'm going to get the book. And I'm just, I kind of, I totally fanboyed out about it for a bit because I liked Popeye. I mean, okay. I liked, I, I just liked Popeye. I thought it was, I always thought Popeye was a, an interesting character. And I mean, I, he's got to have been an influence on any number of anime for sure. I think Frankie in One Piece is very much influenced by Popeye, just the look of him. Uh, and it's just cola instead of spinach. I think that just the whole notion of the power up, like we were talking about with Godzilla, Popeye has a power up. He's like a magical girl. <laughs> he transforms after he gets his spinach. I just thought that was, I thought that was great. Um, but that reboot really did not do well. It really didn't. It, it, it was one of those things that I think for a bit, damaged uh robin williams as a property for a bit well yeah because it, people weren't prepared for the musical they weren't prepared for that i mean me i enjoyed it still enjoy it because uh -huh. you under that's one thing you guys think as fanboys if you enjoy it for what it is 90 percent of stuff that are condemned aren't condemnable you can enjoy it for what it is and that's uh -huh. the keyword what it is not what it aspired to be not what they wanted it to be but what it is. Mm -hmm. And then some of the stuff is just terrible because it destroys the very essence of the original property and what they were trying to do. I mean, the best example is aliens. Mm -hmm. When they when they did Prometheus, okay, we had the engineers, and then all of a sudden you have a human creation, David, the android, actually messed them up. That that was unacceptable, right down to him also killing the doctor that supported him. Because sure. I mean, it's just, okay, you would think he would at least take care of her. Maybe kill everybody else, but take care of her. But he didn't do that at all. Huh. And that those little micro motions can go against reboots also. Well, yeah, I mean, because that uh, another, uh, you know, Aliens Prometheus, that's another reboot because different directors, different actors, the whole nine yards. Um, I, I think that it's there's plenty of potential to mine more you know interesting stories out of a character or a universe and that's why reboots come to come to pass i think the reason why they come to pass for producers is that they're like ah people know this character let's just redo them and you know have uh, and we'll have a, a built-in fan base so we can always make our money back um Popeye unsuccessful reboot, but the Spider-Man series, arguably a fairly successful reboot. And they seem to reboot that one over and over again. Uh, this newest one uh, is, you know, with, you know, No Way Home and Far From Home, uh, all of those Spider-Mans, as well as this sort of Spider-Verse animated stuff uh, fairly successful people are enjoying it i enjoy it those are those are decent uh, i remember the jump from toby mcguire to andrew mccarthy andrew garfield garfield andrew garfield Ugh. had a brain fart there um you know and i thought andrew garfield was really good but i didn't think that the stuff around him was particularly good <laughs> especially the second movie um, I 
I just uh, that goes into the whole electro thing and you cast whatever actor you want, but I don't know. It didn't it didn't work for me particularly, but it had nothing to do with it being Jamie Foxx. Well, maybe it did a little bit, Jamie Foxx, just that I didn't particularly enjoy Jamie Foxx. But I enjoyed Jamie Foxx and other things, but not that. Um, but those are fairly successful reboots. So I mean, I guess. Hollywood and Toho are not going to stop making reboots as long as they're successful and people go see them. Well, also the, the reboots have a couple of different qualities and flaws. Like for instance, when Fox was still a minor player, Fox channel, Fox network, mm-hmm. and we're doing the Robocop movies, you know, after Peter Weller didn't do them, they rebooted by having a different character actor take over, mm-hmm. you know, the part. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. So we could say, but see, those are one of those where it's a matter of paying Peter a lot of money, especially for a part he don't want to do again. Yeah. With, versus having a different actor. And also sometimes you could say some of the reboots are sandboxing, as is, as you said, in the same universe, just a different character, different reactions, different area. I mean, Lower Decks in Star Trek is a good example. It's in the same Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. But we're getting... A whole story from the engineering. Sure. We're not even really up in the command where we usually are. So it's still in the same universe. So it's not so much a reboot sometimes. It's just you're in the same universe. You're playing in the same sandbox. Exactly. You, now, there's a, something that gets rebooted over and over again, and it just doesn't seem to work. And it's Judge Dredd. Although the most recent Judge Dredd was really well, real well made. It was basically, you know, any you know any sort of movie where someone has to start at the first floor and work their way up um and those are always typically pretty good movies um but it just for whatever reason audiences never really respond to it i think it's probably because judge dread as a 2000 ad british character comic book character has always struggled in the united states anyway there you go. You hit it on the head exactly. It's a, it's a foreign po- uh, property that our culture doesn't readily embrace. No, I mean, no. It, it's just that simple. It has nothing to do with the arc. I mean, there are those, like we say about Godzilla, you know, we say Star Trek and Star Wars are the biggest fandoms. But when they talk about Godzilla, they'll sit there and say, well, they make his money, but it has a loyal, steadfast audience. Sure. And okay. then another group that swings in and swings out, they do and don't like it. But they they go take a peek. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing about Judge Dredd. There are those who love Judge Dredd no matter what. Mm-hmm. And they'll just swing in and swing out. Yeah. I think it, Judge Dredd it just never quite caught on here. I think I think that we just have too many other too many characters that are little similar. You know, you've I mean Wolverine, your Punisher, your dark and gritty guys. They kill a lot. <laughs> um, but I think the problem is, is that the dystopian universe doesn't quite make sense for f- people for whatever reason. Um, it'd be hard to get behind a police state, uh, a policeman in a police state. <laughs> well, the news hasn't helped in that part. Let's be honest there. No, probably not. It's like, oh, Judge Dredd. Um, I'm trying to think of some other reboots that have been fairly... Well, that... well here's one for you. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, uh, the one with Drew Barrymore, added a credence of seriousness mm-hmm. to the TV show. 
because they did a connection, you know, of having John Forsythe still be Charlie. Sure. And, and so they actually added a credibility to it versus Elizabeth Banks. Well, you can tell she's a fan and it's not a bad one, but it is a variant. Hmm. They're doing another Charlie's Angels aside from the Drew Barrymore one. And yeah, they did it. A, they did it a couple years ago. It was with Kristen Stewart. Huh. I that one just escaped me completely. Well, so that's that just that's a whole subgenre of of reboots variants is the seventies show. There was the Starsky and Hutch with uh Ben Stiller. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's one of the ones that that's one that happens. They like to make them into a comedy rather than recognize the seriousness of it. That's why the Drew Barrymore worked, is they instead of making it comedic, they made it into a seriousness about it. Sure, they made them actual sort of spies of a sort. Exactly. And and I mean, fantasy alien, it could be argued that it was good or bad, but it kind of gave the origin as far as the mystic nature of the island. Sure. You know, when they did it versus the original two TV movies, it was just a guy that was creating your fantasies, but like he would put on makeup or he'll pay people to behave a certain way to create the illusion mm-hmm. just to change your life. It wasn't no mysticism involved in the first two movies. It's when they decided to make it into a series, series that they've made it mystic. Nice. Well, I'm going to take one brief break just for a second, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. All right. We're back. We're back. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it, now that you mentioned the whole notion of the sandbox, it, I, I understand the reboot variant slash variant a little bit better because i guess i mean you know uh like blade runner blade runner that's a really interesting excuse me that's a really interesting universe and so the newest uh blade runner with ryan gosling i thought was great i mean it was really really well done and that was you know they were playing in the same sandbox you know it wasn't a reboot so much as uh, hey, we want to explore this world in a different way, and I thought it was great. And so, I mean, I would love to see more of that. It tends, it seems as though the reboots tend to be just or predominantly movies, don't they? There don't seem to be TV shows very often. Well, sometimes when they do the reboot, also it is we have a property we can make money with it, as we said about Fantasy Island. Like, for instance, if they don't advertise, what's the first complaint about when nobody's watching it? If you don't advertise, how are we going to know it's on? That's true. And I think some things really do get punished by not advertising. Although, you know, you probably, I mean, I used to think that there there wasn't that much impact with advertising. But if you don't know something's out, I mean, there are definitely Star Wars things that have happened that I haven't, I've missed because I haven't seen the advertising. I didn't really see I didn't get a chance to check out Andor, um, but I hear it's good. Uh, I thought I thought Obi Wan was great, but then what brought me back there was you know, uh, well it was Obi Wan, (laughs) you know. So I was definitely going to be on board for it. Um, If you like the actor too, it helps, you know. Well, yeah, and if you stay on the pulse. Somehow, you know, your news feed, they'll let you know. Yeah, they'll but let you know. Still. It's like, oh, new Star Wars. Um, so those aren't, those aren't, so the Star Wars 
television shows, they're not really, but they're by no means really reboots. They're just exploring, they're sandboxing. They're just exploring yeah, the or continuances of the story, just a different path. Yeah. It's like you have the Mandalorian, which was great. You know, um, I haven't bad, seen that. Yeah. I haven't seen Ahsoka. Ashoka. No, I haven't, I haven't seen, either. I haven't seen that one yet. And that's I from what I hear, I think it starts slow, but all of them have started slow. I mean, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan starts really slow, but then I got to see the Darth Vader of my childhood imagination be where he was actually terrifying. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. I mean, someone with telekinesis, which essentially, you know, Je- Jedi abilities are, it's like sort of your, your, your Phoenix force type, you know, powers, uh, you know, he did some crazy stuff in that, in Obi-Wan. I was like, Oh, that's the Darth Vader that I was thinking of when I was 10. <laughs> oh, I understand completely. That's the way I felt when he fought Darth Vader. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the Obi-Wan that says, go, go F around and find out. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I was like, wow. I mean, uh, there was some stuff in Obi Wan where I was like, yeah. Well, the end of uh, of Rogue One, where he's just going through and just really decimating, decimating people. I mean, spoilers for those who haven't seen Obi Wan. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, he he's like just walking through the street and breaks that kid's neck or whatever. You know, just walking, walking down because he had the audacity to cross his path. It's like, yeah, you know, Darth Vader is, uh, you know, he he has committed multiple infanticides. <laughs> this so it is doesn't not, bother him the same. Yeah, he's not he's not a good dude. And the idea that you could have thought that he was just sort of this uh, whiny, bratty character, the way that the prequels sort of made him, it was like. And they rehabbed uh, Hayden Christensen, too, uh, in Obi-Wan, which I was really ha- happy about. Because I think a lot of the actors that were in uh, the prequels, they just got raked over the coals for all of it. Uh, somewhat, oh, definitely. somewhat unnecessarily, because it was not, it was the writing, it wasn't the acting. Well, not just that. We also got to understand that the time period, the awe of being Star Wars, the not being, you know, being so young. Now they're older to go, well, you know, that, that actually is a good, good thing. It's like you hear about um, Superboy mm-hmm. in the 80s. The, there are two actors who played Superboy in the Superboy TV show. And the first one, he was so full of himself that they fired him. Wow. And he'll tell you now that was the biggest mistake he did in his life. And he, he doesn't hate that he was in Superboy. Matter of fact, he did a fan film cartoon that was like two and a half minutes long. But he, time has humbled him. It makes him appreciate what he had. And that's the way I look at Hayden when it comes to him in Star Wars. Yeah, time time has healed all wounds there, I think. Yeah. I you know, that just you mentioned uh Superboy and I just realized uh I might have to I might have to change my view on who actually is the king of reboots. I think Superman is the king of reboots more than any single property. Okay, because he gets rebooted routinely in the comics and at this point we have the george reeves super superman we have the superman that was before him which i'm not sure what his name was Aldwin. okay Aldwin. very good look at you winning jeopardy um and then after that you had christopher reeve uh chris uh christopher reeves and then you had uh well let's see what after Brandon. that 
Brandon Ruth. Brandon. Yep. Yes. You had Dean Kane on the television yep. show. And then you had who's the newest Superman that they just canceled? Henry. Not Henry, Henry. Cavill, but uh Cavill. But, yeah, him. Well, but yeah, I'm him. talking about the one on the television show. Oh, that was Dean. As far as canceled. What no, that was not not Dean Kane, the other one. The one that huh? was the one that had like the five o'clock shadow all the time. Like I said, Tom. Tom, what was uh, his name? Tom Willing? No, that's yeah. Smallville, Tom. That's Smallville, but that yeah, is the right. reboot. That's another one. No, there was a the one that just like in the last two years. Superman that's why I said it was Henry. Oh well, the, Tyler. Tyler. Yes, on the television show. Yes, yeah. Tyler. So I think uh, considering how many names we just mutilated <laughs> or barely remembered, uh, we haven't even forgot about you know Tim Daly. Yep, the cartoon. Yep, yep. <laughs> Superman the animated series. I mean, so I think Superman is runaway king of the reboots because then I mean, if you're talking about the Superman of the comics, you have the old golden age Superman. Then you have the Kurt Swan Superman. Then you have the Burn Superman. You had a Kirby Superman that had the Kurt Swan face because they wouldn't allow Kirby, Jack Kirby, to do a Super Kirby Superman. Um, then you had like Mullet Superman. <laughs> then you had yeah. Superman with the electric powers, Superman Blue yeah. and Superman Red, I think. Yes. <laughs> Then you had All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison. You had Superman of All Seasons, which was Tim Sale. Right. So, I mean, Superman might actually be the king of reboots. <laughs> well, the thing is, they try to, I quote, make him identify with the generation. You know, and that the problem with the problem depends on where you go with. Like the comics, it makes sense. Okay, you got an old property. So you're trying to get it so it's relevant. Okay. But when it comes to the movies, is more of the bean counters, like, well, we wanted to be like this, and they don't respect the property they're with. Like Godzilla, you can't have a Godzilla movie where he sits there and literally walks through Tokyo and there's not a building destroyed. Sure. Doesn't sure. Yeah. And I think that what how the I thought the Brandon Ruth Superman, I thought it was great. I didn't like him having a kid. That was just me. I don't mind Superman in the comics getting to that point. Do you know what I mean? Because they have a built-in story, but movie Superman. I kind of I don't need him to be like Batman, Superman. I mean, a movie Batman where we always have to see the his mom's pearls drop to the ground. <laughs> we have to see his parents get murdered every single time. <laughs> but well, I, yeah. I, Uncle Ben, how poor <laughs> Uncle Ben. That was the only thing. <laughs> only thing with Tom was that it was Aunt May this time. It was totally threw everybody for a loop. Now you know, prepare for Aunt May to be killed this time. Now, I think, uh, you know, and I, I know I'm mutilating his name. This is where I'm super old man blurred. Henry Cavill? Cavill. Yes. Cavill? Cavill. Cavill. Well, I think I've read his name more than I've heard it. That might right. be why. Uh, he really got, I think, messed over. He got messed over in The Witcher, and he got messed over in Superman. I think the writing messed him over in Superman. And I think that him wanting to stick to the original source material in The Witcher messed him over for The Witcher. And but The Witcher well, was the problem good. is I hate to say this is that he he unfortunately 
is one of the kings of geekdom, him and Stephen Colbert. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, that's why I want to get his name correct, for goodness sakes. I mean, the guy's into Warhammer. He makes his own computers. He plays Superman. I mean, aside from Benedict Cumberbatch, um, you know, I don't know of anybody who's been in more nerd properties than than him. Not I in mean, recent years. I mean, now no one can touch uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I was going to say Christopher Christopher Lee, but you know, yeah, Christopher Lee for sure. But because Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. okay, here's here's how it goes. Christopher Lee was in Dracula, all those Dracula movies. He was in Lord of the Rings, and he was in Star Wars, right? And James Bond. And James Bond. But Benedict Cumberbatch has been in. He's been in uh, the Hobbit. He's Doctor Strange. So he's is uh, was he in any? He was in Star Trek. He played Khan in Star Trek the movie. And Sherlock, as in Sherlock he's, Holmes, the original detective. He played. Yeah, sorry about my phone, ladies and gentlemen. He played. Uh, yeah, played Sherlock. So okay, so if he if he ends up in a DC movie, he will have been in everything. What about video games? Has he been in a video game property? I'm not sure, but you know, he's one of those that if he is in the video game, more than likely it's more of his look than his voice. In other words, they took his image and imposed it. Like sure. they did a lot of the Doctor Strange or Marvel uh pre-Disney. Mm-hmm. And they were doing him as Doctor Strange during the merger. They were doing his Doctor Strange. They used his face on some of the properties. Hmm. Well, but he's been so. I mean, if you've been, my feeling is if you've been in the Lord of the Rings, has he been in a Star Wars? He hasn't been in a Star Wars, though. If he is, he's like a lot of them that are these days, is that they're hidden behind a mask and we don't know until later. Sure. But he has not been publicly that I know of in a Star Wars. I think that if you want your super nerd cred, like like a Felicia Day type thing, if you want your super nerd cred, you've got to be in a DC, a Marvel, uh, a fantasy thing. And uh, I think that then you would really <laughs> you, uh, and maybe a horror film of some sort, then you'd really I think you'd be crossing all of I the think I think we uh, and we want to talk about geekdom. I think we forgot the ultimate reboot property yes even though it's not it's not steven doe is not truly geekdom but as we said in one of our previous podcasts there is a different form of geek sure there's all of its geek <laughs> ultimate if you like anything too much and want to and 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 pay fealty to it in some way and, and wave the flag for it you're probably a geek that's why a lot of sports people are geeks but you were gonna say christmas girl yeah that's true and i and i have to admit there's more than a few Christmas carols that I enjoy. I like Scrooged with Bill Murray. I I, I do like the Muppets one. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the Muppets one. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I like the Patrick Stewart one. I like the George Albert C. Finney one. Yeah, I like the. George I think it's a George C. Scott. George or... C. Scott and Albert Finney, and then they had the original one that came out in 1908, and the guy who played both the ghosts. Is like, yeah. Wow. There's there are a lot of there are a lot of Christmas carols. So yeah, that is okay. So maybe because I mean that's king, that might they be the king. In TV shows, they incorporate in TV shows too. You that's, know, they have a character that's grumpy sometimes. Like okay, they give them the Christmas carol for their Christmas episode. Sure, they get too drunk on the eggnog, and next thing you know, they have the visit of the three. Uh, spirit of mm-hmm. ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. That's true. Uh, Mr. Magoo. 
<laughs> I think mm-hmm. has there was a Mr. Magoo one, a, a few Daffy cartoon Duck. one. There's yes, the Daffy Duck one. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, I don't remember the Daffy Duck one though. I know there had so, been one. Yeah, he was the he was the owner of a department store, and Pig, Porky Pig basically played Crotchet. Oh, okay, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Okay, so yeah, so actually, the king of reboots before Superman, <laughs> before Godzilla, is probably a Christmas Carol. Because <laughs> I mean, like I said, they even incorporate in TV shows. And you want to go to Christmas reboot? We'll say that, and it's a Wonderful Life. Because for crying out loud, they did it in Smallville, and they did it in Highlander. They do do they they do do they do uh uh. It's a Wonderful Life fairly frequently in shows. They have never remade the movie, though. And frankly, yeah. I'm glad they haven't because it's. I think Jimmy Stewart knocked it out of the park. That is my favorite Christmas movie. This will probably upload this episode just before Christmas. So I guess it's fitting that uh, <laughs> we end on a, a Christmas note. <laughs> <laughs> We, we ended on a Christmas note. Christmas, the king of all reboot holidays. <laughs> well, yeah, you can say the nativity, too. They redo that all the time. That's true. That's true. I, I Do they have a Star Wars nativity? I feel like they probably they had a Christmas do. special. They had a Christmas special that we all died, but it was because that was the first appearance of Boba Fett. So, hey, that's what saved it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Um, so, yes, Christmas, specifically a Christmas carol is the king of all reboots followed by superman mm. then godzilla i don't know who's next mm. maybe spider-man probably is after that spider-man batman i would say james bond huh well if, if we're going by do you count like. that as a reboot though just having a different actor i guess you kind of have to right well for a couple reasons i mean they might use the same m you know what i mean because they use the same m for sean connery and roger moore Sure. But the style of the story changes too. That's true. So James and James Bond has I mean, it's almost like Doctor Who at this point. There's got to be I don't know. There's George Lazenby. There's Roger Moore. There's Timothy Dalton. There's uh, Daniel Craig. There's Sean Connery. Huh? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. That's right. I, I was expecting more out of the Pierce Brosnan bond because people wanted him to play bond for forever but well also you gotta think about it if he had played it when people wanted to he'd probably be one of the greatest ones but writers change uh, motivations change i'm talking about behind the scenes and now you're talking about uh the producer dying or his daughter taking on not even going that route i'm talking about others as we said before the villain in a lot of fandom is bean counters that's true the accountants first thing we do is hang all the accountants no, I think it's lawyers though. And Henry VIII, I think that was in one of the yes. Shakespeare in Shakespeare's plays. Well, well, here's one for you. Speaking of accountants, sure. here's one for you. It's kind of off the subject, but we have it for next time, but two degrees true. They talked about having AI. Mm-hmm. And should we or should we not have AI actors? Here's one for you. We used to, and they still do it once in a while. I couldn't tell you his name to save my life, but if you look around, you will find him. He died about 20 years ago. He was 102 then, as in he was 103 when he died, but he was 102 getting his Lifetime Achievement Award for always playing authoritative accounting figures. That's what brought it to mind. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was like, I'm still around. I don't have Alzheimer's. I'm willing to work, and nobody will call him. 
Oh, that's too bad. So, so my thing is, this is one of those cases that I think AI would be okay. Yeah, I think he'd probably have him, have him be the bean counter. It was kind of yeah. like the back as is this a I'll, the one thing I didn't mention was uh, the death of Norman Lear, who I think was a, a, an immense talent in terms of television mm -hmm. and 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 in terms of representation because I I think before him you didn't really have much and then you had All in the Family and the Jeffersons and Good Times and uh, gosh what else did he uh, Sanford and Son I think maybe and Chico and the Man possibly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I mean he he single-handedly he single-handedly hired all of the black people for the 70s television shows. <laughs> but and, and those were great shows. I thought they were great shows. You could, a lot of them you couldn't probably play today cuz they they would get spicy. There would be some takes. There were they had some hot takes. But uh got to give it up pour one out for Norman Lear. Um but yeah, hmm. There's that, and you were saying well, that. Hmm. No, go ahead. I was, saying I, I was just gonna say that. So we've got a, a whole bunch of reboots. I'd love to hear what you all out there, ladies and gentlemen, um, feel about reboots. Some of your favorite reboots, some of your least favorite reboots. Um, hit us up at uh, drakestorm at gmail .com for Terrence. You can hit me up at Urban Dharma 8, Urban Dharma with the number 8 at gmail.com or that's so quantum at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think of reboots. And, and, and I still think that the king of all reboots at this point is absolutely a Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> and with that if this uh, gets uploaded just before Mary, the uh, Christmas season uh, Christmas day uh, have a happy one out there and uh, don't be a stranger just be strange take care until next week <laughs>